Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. I'm recording the intro in my bedroom, but we did record this episode at the What Share Writers Club podcast studio. And this was the second interview I've done with someone in person since the, um, the pandemic. Let me tell you, there's just such an energy of doing stuff in person. The episode I did with uh, Sean P. Rogan from uh, Big D and the Kids Table, we recorded that at his studio at U-Rock Studios in Rhode Island as well. And that was really fun having that energy. And then, um, so this is really cool. I'm hoping, to, no, definitely going to be doing much more in-person stuff. I really feel that it comes through in the episode. Like, there's a real excitement. There's an energy to us. So, like, we met at Rhode Island Comic Con this past year. Uh, shout out Vernon Ashley, who got to hang out with. Uh, at Kirsten was was working the booth at the Comedy Connection. We got to talking, and she was super funny. And I was like, well, you know, if you ever want to come on the podcast, let me know. And we exchanged contact. And she actually followed up. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And then it's funny because we actually ended up bumping into each other a couple of times at my job. And we talked about that in the episode and had breakfast. And since this episode uh, was recorded, I actually got to see Kristen do stand-up. This episode was supposed to come out a little while back. COVID, whatever, you know, it, hits, it hit the family. Thankfully, my wife and I are fine. My four-year-old had COVID, but she she's okay now. Wife and I did not test positive, surprisingly. So, uh, really fun episode. Um, we'll keep this short. Uh, keep an eye on the feed and the and the and our social media and our Facebook group, uh, Let's Chat Podcast Community. We're going to be having some announcements about the future of the show. There's going to be some changes, and um, I think I think they're good. And uh, I'm looking forward to telling everyone about what that is pretty soon. Uh, anyway, I was also recently a guest on the Reels of Justice podcast. That was so much fun. I got to defend the movie Twister. And I was also a guest on Cinema Recall's first live show. You can go back and find or watch that. That's on YouTube and the feed. So you can check me out on those places. And, uh, you know, find us on all the things that Let's Chat podcast. And, hey, you know what? Follow Kristen online. Bring her, book her into your city or town, wherever you are. Fantastic stand-up comedian, a class act human being, and let's not ramble anymore. Let's just get to it. This podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website letschatpodcast.net. So let's let me start at the beginning of our origin of our uh, pretty new friendship, I would say. I, yep. I hope, unless I overstepped and we're enemies. Oh no no, we're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's see. Uh, this year, this test has a Ryan Comic Con and the comedy connection. Right? Yep. Comedy yeah. Comedy connection yeah, had yeah, like yeah. a booth thing. Yep. So I wanted. To, I like to spin free stuff and I like comedy. So I went to go spin the thing, and then we just started talking. And I don't think I even told you this, but I like I knew who you were. I like you know see, internet stalked you. Probably. Really. I, if, if anyone has anything podcast or like arts related within in Rhode Island, I'd like make it my business to know, like, because like for like the podcast. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think I must have known you through like, uh, or at least awareness of your comedy, and then like you know your friends like the Chuck and Brad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love and, Chuck like, and Brad. Your husband's in Wicked Funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, I somewhere I, I I didn't put it together at Comic Con until afterwards. I was like, because we had, you had a mask on, and I wasn't putting it together. I'm like. Oh, I totally internet stalked that person. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, so cool. But yeah, we just, we met at Comic-Con and like, we just started talking and we're like, we should record a podcast. And you're like, yeah, definitely. And I met a bunch of people there and I threw that out to everyone. 
Um, I don't know about you, but like, you know, you're a comedian. So yeah. like sometimes it's like one of those, like I'll throw it out. It's like fishing. I threw it out to a bunch of people I met that day, but I was like, listen, I don't have any energy. If they don't, if someone doesn't follow up, then, you know, I was like, whatever. But you were the only person to follow up that I met that day. Well, it's because I saw like, I, again, internet stalked you on yeah. Instagram and I was like, holy shit, Chris Gethard. Yeah, like, he's a real <laughs> podcast guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, podcast is such a weird thing because now it's like, you're like, yeah, there's so many levels. And like, are you a flat earther? Or are you like some creepy guy in your bedroom? And yep. like. I like to think I'm as legitimate as you can get before you get professional. Yeah, my husband had yeah. given me the, like, don't get murdered speech yeah, yeah, yeah. on the way here. I was like, uh, it's it's noon. Yeah. Not no, many stalkers no. at noon. Yeah, also, that, that the funniest part is, and then, um, yeah, so, you know, I know we were we started talking on Facebook, and instantly, and when I met you, too, I felt like how I have, like, a lot of my internet friends I've met yep. through the podcasting world, like, we just met and we just become instant friends. Yeah, yeah. But they all live super far away. Yeah. But, like, you're one of the people I met. I'm like, oh, my God, this feels like one of my Twitter friends. But they live in the same state. Thank fucking God. <laughs> so we could do this in person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you did, if you might not have met him. But my friend Vern, uh, what's his nickname? The Vern. He, and he's actually our editor. Shout out Vern. He flew out from Minneapolis uh, for Comic-Con, for Rhode Island Comic-Con, because he got press passes. Was he with you? Yeah. I okay. Don't, I don't know if he was at the booth with me, because we kind of okay. were in and out. But uh, we met doing podcasts like five or six years ago and had been internet friends forever. That was our first weekend meeting. Oh, that's awesome. So it was like fucking awesome. It was that, oh my God. Uh, let me ask you, how was your con? Uh, it was, it was good. I mostly worked the booth, so I didn't. Oh, you weren't like hanging out? No, but I do like I went and met some of the artists and stuff because like I'm in the middle of a midlife crisis and trying to figure yeah. out like, do I go towards art? Do I go towards like a career? What do I do? Boo careers. Yeah. yeah. Boo. And there were like some really cool people there. Like Boo, either yeah. like, yeah. Um, Any celebs did you meet? N- no. Because like, Artist Alley is where I spend all of my money. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. hundreds of dollars at Comic-Con. I have, my wife and I have, like, the nerd wall upstairs, and it's just yeah. all this art we've gotten from Comic-Con over the years. Like, yeah. I love it so much. I got these beautiful pieces from this lady named Bianca that was, like, she, like, she did a thing where she was, like, well, if I sell one painting at this festival, then I'll become an artist Aww. and just go full-time. And she sold a painting before they even opened. And I was like, what a beautiful fucking story. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I want to get a booth and just hang out there. All yeah, day. yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's so fun. Yeah, that, that was, I've gone every year since 2013. And then, you know, there wasn't one last year. So this one, like, I couldn't tell if it was just like pandemic high or it was definitely better organized than it's ever been. It was, it was the best, con- it's the best experience I've ever had. I think it's yeah. between the post-pandemic, the Michael... Gian Fresco, all the alter reality, yeah, yeah. did an incredible job. I honestly, did an incredible job with all that stuff. And then I got to meet Vern for the first time. Yeah, I, I, I think it was the best weekend I've had like in my entire life because after that, me, Vern, and shout out Ashley uh, from his friend from Minneapolis, um, which is like she's the coolest human being I've ever met. He's just like really social and stuff. Yeah, and Vern are more like awkward. Yeah, um, I don't. And you're not that way at all. I uh, in, internally it feels that way. Yeah, no, you're very outgoing. Yeah. But Ashley, she was like one of those people just walking up and take. But they um, they love karaoke, and I've never yeah. gone karaoke, and so we went to the boombox. Oh yeah, yeah, them. yeah. I, um, one thing I really, I have no organizational skills, so maybe someone else listening can do this. But I really want to organize like a podcasters karaoke night and just get a private room. That would be awesome. But then I'm a nerd. I'm like, then I'm like, what if I just do a this for me and just make it an emo night and I can just like cry my just like sing all <laughs> you my by favorite, yourself just, just singing. Be, yeah, just yeah. Be singing all my favorite we're taking back Sunday songs. Yeah. <laughs> alone. But like no one knows what I'm talking about. But 
Um, yeah, it was fun. It was really cool. Throw I, some yellow card in there. Yeah. Like, gross. Vern and Ashley, uh, they played this game called Suicide Karaoke. Okay. Where you don't tell the other person anything and you sign them up for a song without telling them. So all of a sudden you hear, Chris! Get up here! You're doing uh, what was it? Uh, Vern? What did I do to them? I I did. I made them all do Machine Gun Kelly because okay. I like him, but no one else did. I've literally never heard him. Oh, I have so many things. Yeah, that's a controversial topic. I I I love his new album, but I don't I I don't give a shit about him outside of that. But it's a well, really... it's like Kanye. Kanye's first album was really good. Yeah, yeah. And then like, I stopped listening because yeah. he's crazy. So yeah, yeah. 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 R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, but um, that was super fun. And then Ashley and I did No Doubt. And then, then I know it was, it was super fun. And you know, this podcast is really just me telling you about my experience. No, it's <laughs> fine. No, the Boombox is awesome. I went there with a bunch of coworkers, and it was like 13 people in a tiny, tiny room. It was fun. Yeah. We didn't even get a private room. We were just in that main room. And we oh, were yeah. All, and it was all like bros and finance people. But yeah. They're, they're not from here. So for them, they're like, whatever, it's Providence. I'll go. It was never a place I would normally yep. be. But, like, it was interesting to see what songs would take off. And, like, uh, the biggest one, the biggest hit that blew my mind is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Oh, yeah, that's a killer. I didn't know yeah. that, like, that was, like, the song of a generation. Well, because you know the piano bar. I don't think it exists anymore, right? I love right? that place. Does it still exist? I think it closed. I think it closed. it was over there on Point Street, and then it moved. Yeah. I have a four-year-old, so I haven't been in a long time. Yeah, we, uh, so uh, when I got divorced, we went there every Tuesday. You've been, you're a divorce. I've been writing that too. Yeah. I am, uh, yes, I am once divorced. Congratulations. Second one pending. <laughs> we'll see. Verdict's still out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we used to go there every Tuesday night, and, like, oh. one night all the machines broke down, so we ended up going next door to the barbecue place that used to exist. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. all the pianists went over, and they were drinking, so we were hanging out with them. We became friends with the pianists there, so we kept going there every Tuesday night, and Mr. Brightside was huge. Oh. And, of course, like, Don't Stop Believing was that hits. Yeah, every time, every single time. Uh, what is it? Ashley put on no, did like no doubt. Oh um, yeah. Only me and her got way. I got like two into. It. I was like punching the walls. Like, Which one? Um, I'm just a girl from like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the first album I ever bought that wasn't Weird Al. I like don't speak. Yeah, that would be like so emotional. What a weird <laughs> uh, track she had. Huh? Yeah. Like, not yeah. bad way, but just like going from like a a ska. Punk ba- ska bands that no one even knows what ska is. Two bananas. And, yeah. And yeah. Like, and then like now married to a country star. Like, yeah. Good for you. Who's she married to? <laughs> okay, Shelton, country star. Oh. Uh, is that a guy? That's weird. She used to be married to the guy from Bush. Okay. Yeah. Gavin something. Duras. And I had a, a phase in middle school when I was really, really into Bush. Okay. Yeah. I'm really terrible with names. Yeah. Okay, like, I yeah. only know the big ones. Yeah, but uh, so this is the, the funny thing. is like, so I remember then we were, like, we were, we were chatting on the internet. I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to do this. We'll do the studio. And then you're like, you had Chris Gethard on. And I was like, thank God, because anyone who does a podcast, especially people guests, all you do is sit around waiting for people to praise you because you're just doing it by yourself forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, somebody cares. Well, I'm, I'm reading his book. Yeah. Like, I'm reading yeah. Lose Well. He's... Uh, he's a personal favorite comedian yeah. of mine. Like, I, I love him. I'm a huge Car- fan of his. Career suicide, like... It's my favorite special. It killed me and made me so happy. Like, it, all the emotions. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, his, he has a special called Career Suicide. And it's about him trying to kill himself. And yeah. You know, he, he makes an attempt. He yeah. crashes his car. And then someone calls him the N-word. That was the funniest. And it's uh, it's super heartbreaking. But it's uh, really fucking good. But like, I've just been a fan of his. And that was... 
like the I think my I don't know at least in terms of comedy it's the biggest name comedian I've ever interviewed yeah like that was like I felt like a level up moment when that happened I yeah like, I thought you were legit now I know better but and then you brought me on I was yeah. like uh, nope I'm <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm real proud like I had some really fucking awesome people on yeah like, I'm, I'm really 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 proud of that yeah but like after it was just like this like, oh my god Mount Rushmore of like when I had to do my uh, like pit, uh, pitch deck or something or we were pitching to a uh, Stitcher and like Maximum Fun which first off was like an honor just to even like getting the room to talk to these people um didn't happen but it was still really fucking cool yeah uh but like that's like mount rushmore i'm like griffin newman travis more like griffin newman uh who else we have on there jamie loftus like i don't know if you know like the bechdel cast they're pretty no not at all but like sorry the geth guard was like the guy and then but the night before he was on conan yeah that's but that's like crazy (laughs) and i was like dude this is so weird because i'm like at work i'm like i'm talking to that guy tomorrow I'm talking yeah. to the guy tomorrow. No big deal. Yeah. And at my job where I work, um, I'm the nerd because I like uh, Marvel movies, but no, but I'm like, and I go to Comic Con, but I'm like, you know, Marvel and Comic Con are like the two biggest cultural yeah. things in the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not Comic Con, but Marvel. So I'm like, uh, no one knows what I'm usually talking about half the time, but when I'm like, yeah, I just uh, the comedian I'm talking to, he's going to be on Conan tomorrow. I get like, whoa? Yep. You? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then a month later, I went to go see him and do stand up in Worcester. Yeah. And I got super nervous to say hello. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to remember me. And I walked over to say, like, hey, you're so nice enough to do my podcast. He's like, yeah, I remember. And we talked about comedy for a Like, we talked about a show. And it was a like, super nice guy. Yeah. I was too afraid to ask for a picture. I just, like, got, I don't know. I have this thing when I meet a celebrity. I'm like, I don't want a picture or an autograph. I want to be their friend, which is yeah. probably not healthy. No, I know. I feel the same way where I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm cool. like, like, I've literally worked with people and then written them later and been like, hey, thank you so much. I just want to appreciate, like, I really appreciate yeah. your style. And then they never write back. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm That's a weirdo. That's how that works. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and then, um, uh, then my friend with me, I'm like, he was super nice. My, my, my friend Ryan is like, I'm like, yeah, he was just being nice. He doesn't remember. And he like smacked me. Well, not literally. He's like, dude. I mean, that's not true. No, of course. Yeah, not. Yeah. I, just, I couldn't. It, it was like just me being down to myself. And he's like, dude, he's not going to lie to you. I'm like, he remembered me. But really, yeah. that was really great. Um, so so can I, am I allowed? I can tell you, I can re- recite the message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we had to reschedule this. And you sent me the funniest message. You're like. I don't know why I'm telling you, a complete stranger, this, but you had Chris Gethard on. The reason I can't go is because I'm doing a partial program at Butler Hospital. Yeah. And then I respond to you. I'm like, did you know I work there? And you're, and I, I just assumed you knew. No, I had no I don't idea. don't know why you would know that. I don't usually talk about where I work. Uh, they go, no, I'll keep that in. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it was just like instant karma. I was like, oh, my God. And then we've like gotten to have, we actually, we had lunch one day. And breakfast. And then I bumped into you at breakfast yeah, one yeah. day. And I don't ever bump into people at work. So I was like, oh, my God, a person I like. I know. I was like, like I sat, there was no one in there. And I sat down for breakfast. And I was like, all right, I'll eat yeah. alone. It's, it's very it's just... rare that I'll see someone from the outside world yeah. there, especially with the pandemic. And um, yeah, it's very, know. it's very weird. Because I saw someone that I knew and I was like, hey. And he, he just looked at me and he went, Hey, and then just kept walking, and I was like, okay. Like, I get it. I get it. Anonymity. Yeah, and I've had that experience. Right? Or so that word you, that people say. Yeah, I've had that experience. I'll see someone I know, and I'm like, I'll let them say hi to me because yeah. I don't know how this works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've bumped into people in the inpatient unit, and they, uh, but, you know, I'm so used to HIPAA. I'm like, I, at least from, the from like, the people, like, who are in, like, to me, like, it means literally nothing. Like, yeah. I, I can only imagine how nervous you were to write that message, and then to, to land upon the person who works there, I'm like, Oh, now I just like you even more. Like, <laughs> well, because I figured you would get it because, like, if you if you know Gethard at all, then you understand yeah. mental health in yeah. some way, you know? And, like, I am mental health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I am the person that fixes you. <laughs> yeah. What? 
we give you the tools to fix yourself. Yes, to, yeah. To rebuild. Pills and skills. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm going to use that. I'm yeah. that down, actually. <laughs> I love that. Man, they like we kept repeating it. I repeated it on the last day because whoever came in, I was like, I just want them to know this is pills and skills. Like that's really accurate. Yeah, but I just I thought that was just it was so funny that we met at Comic Con and like the crossover of people I know from Butler and Comic Con are zero. Yeah, so that was just really. Oh, odd. it's probably higher than you think. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean I work in like a outpatient niche program, like you know it's a huge hospital. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it wouldn't be. It just, I, I would imagine it is. It just, it wouldn't. I, my, the population I would work with, it was, it's a very tiny, considerable, consider, considering. Yeah, when it was, it's a weird thing because, like, my my doctor recommended I go there, and in my head, I was like, I don't think I'm that bad. Like, I don't think like there's people worse than me. Yeah, and none of them are getting treatment. And That's none of the them problem. are getting treatment. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I was like, why me? Like, why would I be the person that does this? And like, I I consider I'm. I'm definitely a weird person, and I definitely have my troubles, well, but, like... You have a shirt that says, I, I fucking, fucking love, love plants. plants. Yeah. That's a giveaway. Well, because I fucking love plants. And you're a comedian. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm relatively, like, I'm a pretty happy person. A lot of people like me. Like, and yeah. granted, like, Robin Williams was also really happy on the outside, right? Um, <sighs> but, like, man, that program was great. Yeah, you find out you're not broken. I'm not broken. And it's like, oh, no, I'm actually awesome. Yeah, I, I can't believe. I can't believe I got this far without doing it. I can't believe how many years I told myself that I was broken. Oh, I, 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 I know we already talked about this. I've talked about this on the show. If I did it a little more extensively for the first time on my friend, uh, our past guest, Dwight Hurst, podcast Broken Brain, we did an episode about PTSD and EMDR therapy, which was first time I really ever, and I did a pachaka cha once about it, and that was really cool. What is that? Pachaka cha, it's like a storytelling event. It's a, okay. It, it's a Japanese word. It's, it's a, the, it's a global, it's a global story. I was like, is that a type of drink? Yeah, no, it's 20 slides. <laughs> it's, it's like 20 slides in 20 seconds and you get up and tell, can tell a story. Providence, Rhode Island is the longest run outside of Tokyo where it founded. Wow. Um, you should meet Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, I'm so sorry. Christopher Donovan, who runs okay. it. Really, really great guy. Uh, Your yeah. best friend, Cr- Cr- Chris. He is now. Uh, is <laughs> you guys first. share a name. I know. He, he, he organizes him. And, um, uh, and he's the, long, the longest running in the fucking world. And they're really fun. They could be anything. But, like, when I, I we got approached to do one, I was, like, kind of, like, I had this whole idea. I want to do something really funny. Yeah. And I was, like, I want to do... Like a whole lead up about classic art, and have the twist be at the end about how we got the best art of last year, being that scoop. There it is, commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like, my friend Nate was gonna be in the crowd, and we we're gonna. And I had this whole thing, and like, ADHD procrastination. And yep. I, like, my heart wasn't in it, and I like really had to like sit with myself, and I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it meditating, but I just really had to sit and like get to that place where I can just. Like what's in my heart is like what story do I I'm like I have an opportunity to tell a story what do I really what's what's yeah. just like cr- crawling outside of me that I want to tell yeah so I ended up doing I um, weaved together the uh, the through line of like my from like starting when my mom got sick with cancer uh, actually she got twice my mom got sick with cancer just basically from like my mom's first cancer diagnosis versus like moving here and like the podcast and all the traumas of having of like. Uh, traumatic birth and PTSD and how they, and they all intertwined. Yeah. And that was like the first time I actually went out in public and talked about it and it was felt so good. Yeah, right? It was really cool. I was really cool. I know. I've been to it. I've been doing some stuff on stage lately where like it's not necessarily super funny but it's very true to me and it's very true to what I'm going through right yeah. now. 
And it's like it's hard because in comedy you really can't do that successfully in ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's why Pachaca Cha was great because it's like you could literally do anything. It's the most supportive crowd. Yeah, it doesn't have to be funny. Yeah, I think I really want to do more t- storytelling. I, I always like have this fantasy of being a stand-up. Yeah, like I'm more like I lo- like I feel like for me I'm like I just want to get up and like do, I, I, I want to do like the moth is like my yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. like I like to be funny. I prefer to be, but like. I would, like my I, my dream would be like be like a Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, I just think he's like. Oh, like, I love I love him. Genius. That's the first. Was that, you, did Frank wear his Frank sweatshirt that day? I don't remember. So he has a sweatshirt that just says Frank because I bought a Birbiglia one, and I was wearing it all the time. And he was like, "Why don't you just wear one that has my name?" And I was like, "You ah. like it so much, like here I you love go." That. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I already lost our topic. But, oh, yeah, oh. anyway, so the PTSD. Yeah, so I'm I'm a survivor. Of, or I, I had PTSD and stuff. Uh, but, like, I, I remember I told you that joke I always say at work. It's like, you don't know how shitty you feel until you start to feel good. Yeah, 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 and for like, sure. Yeah, and isn't it funny the amount of physical stuff, too? Like, you yes. feel lighter, like, you sit up more. People, like, yep. remember my therapist telling me, he's like, people are going to ask you. Like, they're going to notice something different in you. They're going to ask you if it's your hair, if it's your weight. They're People are gonna notice something you want to, and you're not gonna. And I'm like, all right, like I didn't know that. And he's like, people always talk about like a trauma, like a weight being lifted off of them. But I really felt like I started sitting up higher. Yep. Like, I started getting, I had confidence for the first time in my life, and yeah, uh, yeah, uh, all from like th- you know therapy and shit. But like, so that's kind of funny because you're like what we would call early recovery right now. Yeah. Like, just kind of taking your first step into. Yes. It. Yeah. And it's awesome it's my favorite people to talk to are people in recovery because all the veneer of bullshit is just wiped away it's the reason we just sat down and jumped into this instead of like where were you born yeah <laughs> what's your favorite color it's like hey what's that scab you want to rip off and talk about yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um uh what is it called the recovery it's like hey how are you do you believe in god yeah exactly we don't even care yeah and it's you know honestly it is it's no one knows where I've been the last couple months. Like, Ooh, but this, but this comes out. Yeah, when this comes out, it is, it is what it is. Wow! This, oh, this is an honor. Yeah, it's like um, a secret. Well, yeah, because I like I suddenly disappeared from work. I went out for a vacation and then I just didn't come back. Um, and it's because I couldn't. I yeah. I couldn't function. Yeah. Um, I like I broke, and so I work. I work in the veterinary field. I've worked there for thirteen years. Yeah. And uh, you see a lot. You see a lot of sadness. Animals hit me harder than people. Yeah, yeah, uh, they um, do. Yeah, yeah. I can't do. I can't work with kids. I can't work with animals. Like I can't. Like, see, I think I could work with kids because I work with animals. Yeah, kids. It's, it's too hard for me. I'm like, oh, I like I have a good bound, like good, like bound. Uh, uh, my armor up for working with adults. Yeah. But I also like prefer to work with people. I've done. I've been in the field for a while, so I've done all different stages. But yeah. I, the, my position, I'm working with people coming out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So like, especially with, with like substance use, I much prefer working with someone uh, new to the recovery rather than the people who like still need to get into it. Yeah, like, from my personal preference. Yeah, I kind of. I'm thinking about going into it honestly because I would like to help people get. Yeah. to where I am way earlier yeah. so that they can live a healthier life for a longer time. Yeah, there's a lot of different routes to do that. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, comedy is obviously one of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm watching these comedians like like Gethard, Neil Brennan, like uh, Three oh Mics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And then it is, isn't it funny, like, him and, you know, him and Chappelle started the Chappelle show and how the turns they both have kind yeah. of taken where you could tell – 
um, Neil Brennan went to therapy and like really did some inner work and is becoming more vulnerable. And yep. I loved Dave Chappelle up until yep. his recent special. And I'm like, it's just weird to watch the person who was once like the downtrap beating on like minority and all that, whatever, now becoming like the man and beating on the transgender community. And it's fine. Just be funny about it. But he's not even being funny. I honestly haven't seen it. To yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even have hot takes about yeah. it. But it's just interesting to see the way their comedies kind of went where Neil got more interpersonal and yep. Dave Chappelle got it. Um, I don't know if you knew this. At one point, we were um, deve- I was we were working to develop a podcast with um, George Floyd's uncle, and okay. then, um, was, and so we were like trying to get to Chappelle because he did that special on George yep. Floyd. It was fucking incredible. Yeah, and then, I don't know Chappelle like I don't, yeah I don't know I don't, I don't really have any hot takes on that other than I was just kind of like. I still think you're funny. I just think you're kind of a dick. Yeah, I did. I didn't watch it, and I yeah. honestly didn't watch his last one either. And it's yeah. not. I know he's a funny person. Oh, yeah. I just, I just like. It's just, but then Neil Brand, like three mics, I think is like one of the most beautiful things in the world. Yeah, watched. and uh, Jessie Mae Peluso does a great like end to her set where she talks about like really really personal stuff, um, and. Uh, April Macy is the same thing. And I, 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 like, again, I sent both of them a thing saying, like, thank you for being so open and honest. Yeah, they um, didn't reply, and it's totally fine. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I hope I'm not weird. I hope I'm not a super creep. But, like, no, no. I really appreciate them, like, re- like yeah. reaching to something that's really personal to them. Yeah, and sometimes I know people, like, it's it's more of, like, they just can't handle the emotion. Oh, yeah. They just can't. Like, I, I had to work really hard for that, like not taking everyone else's trauma around me yeah or like uh the secondary trauma yeah and so yeah and so that's what i'm dealing with i'm dealing with like secondary which my therapist pointed out can turn into ptsd yeah which i did not know so i feel like yeah i feel like i'm at the point where i have ptsd because of secondary traumatic stress yeah because like the reaction like i went into the clinic recently and i tried to do a normal thing a thing i've done like a million times just drop one medication and without any thoughts in my head i just started trembling and crying and I was like, that's not normal. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I did, I've done this a million times. Why is this happening? Yeah. And, and, and I love it too, with because uh, you don't ever really get the answer. We don't know why yeah. things happen, but we're going to make some guesses and here's how we can get better. Yeah. And that's what my therapist was like. It doesn't really matter why it matters that it happened. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm going to backtrack, too, because that's uh, like to do things. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start getting into comedy? Like, as a fan, like for me... Um, I look back, I was, like, a fan of, like, well, always watch that kind of stuff. Yep. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I didn't become a comedy nerd until podcasts came a thing in, like, like 2009, 2010. Is when, like, whenever I yeah. remember started listening, Nerdist was, like, the first comedy podcast I listened to where I just fucking lost, went down on the comedy rabbit hole yeah. of stuff. But like, when was your, like, do you, like, go, like, like early childhood or, like, what, what you're, like, from, like, you know, for me, like, Naked Gun, Simpsons were, like, just. Oh, Mel right Brooks. Up. Mel Brooks yeah. is, like, everything. Yeah, that was uh, really, yeah, it's it, I've watched Young Frankenstein yeah. a million times. Sure. Um or Steen depending on who you're. Um and Blazing Saddles a million times. I I made a, a point to like buy all of his movies at one point and then we actually did you see him when he came to Boston no. a couple of years ago? He I did a he played Blazing Saddles and did a Q&A afterwards and my husband bought me tickets and this is like early on in our relationship. And I like just started bawling as soon as I saw them because I was like, <laughs> like Mel Brooks is everything to me. His comedy, his yeah. puns, like the style is just beautiful. And he's a good person. He's a good person. Did you ever see that HBO doc about like it's about like people who live into their nineties, and it's just kind of like 
looking for the meaning of happiness, essentially, of an old age. Frank told me about it. It's I have really yeah. good. Like Norman Lear's in it, Mel yeah. Brooks, uh, Carl Reiner, some of these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, Mel Brooks. And, and the the thing I took from it, it was just like it's um, uh, human connections and curiosity are what keep you. Yeah, young. and that's like the thing that keeps you young. Yeah, and it was just it's fascinating to see these guys in their nineties and so still quick whipped and. Yeah, funny and yeah, Mel Brooks is still like sharp as ever. And he's making the oh uh, yeah, the uh, history of the world. Two. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> the thing we thought was never coming uh, is no. coming. Yeah. I add him to my list of people to get on before he goes. Yeah, and I saw the producers on Broadway when I was seventeen. Oh. Um, or off Broadway, wherever. But yeah. like, it was it was just amazing. I never saw that. It, the movie is like spot on. I, I... No, I had some weird thing about musicals in my very oh yeah no yeah I love musicals but I do love Book of Mormon and Jesus Christ Superstar yes yeah yeah uh, Book of Mormon is the greatest piece of art I've ever consumed yeah it's it's it is fantastic it's up there like for the time I saw Prince yep like I I hold that and that I saw it on Broadway it was the high. I wanted to see it because I love the South Park guys. My wife wanted to see it because she loves it. She's from New Jersey, so grew up in, like, the, like you know, Bridge and Tunnel. Yeah. Loves theater, and she's much more classy than I am. Yeah. Which I think you might have met her. She might have been standing with me. I don't yeah, know. Uh, I don't think so, but I stalked your Facebook, so yeah, I know what I your wife and kid look like. I from her Creepy. quite a lot <laughs> when we're doing things to go talk to. She's the introvert, so yep. I probably would just walk away and talk to someone else, and she probably wanted to go do something different. Yeah. I went to see it with Frank because he uh, he was a religious person. He was a crazy religious person. Yeah, Ooh, he's yeah yeah. Bring him into the hot chair one of these days. Um, he was what uh, he so he uh, a what, Christian. What, what flavor? Like, Christian. Yeah, like broomstick. Like, like went to Bible college. Ooh. Has a degree, a bachelor of science oh, in wow. biblical studies. So so it's useless. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Wait, useless. A Christian school. Uh, yeah, he, he went to Moody Bible College. Yeah, because those aren't accredited. Yeah. I don't know about that particular. There are some of those like Christian schools that aren't even considered real. I have no idea if it yeah. is. Uh, it's in, it was in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Wow. So yeah. That's interesting. That he's a comedian. Yeah, and he went to Thailand and did missionary work and like all the shit. That's what Thailand needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? Nothing yeah, else? that's gonna fix it. That works. <laughs> uh, okay, so then what's your path to like going like? Watching someone do stand up to be like, I'm gonna actually do that. Um, it was a very short one. Like Good I, for you. yeah, I never thought I would do stand up. That wasn't like something I grew up being like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I can do that. Um, but I, like a couple weeks before I got an opportunity, I watched uh, Women Aren't Funny. Oh, the um... Bonnie McFarland. Yes, that yeah. was awesome. It was really good. And my favorite part is are like they have all these dudes talking about how women aren't funny. They talk about their periods, and then her husband gets up and makes like seven period jokes. Yep. And they show her set, and she doesn't mention periods once. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part is when she dresses as a man and then does jokes, and then was like, "I wasn't funny," but like, dude, like it was so not like I yeah. understand now as a comic like why that failed so miserably because yeah. like her energy and stage presence and whatnot. Yeah. But in her head, she was like, "It's the jokes. It's." Because of the jokes. Yeah. Um, I really like that doc. Yeah, it was really good. I'm a, but a documentary obsessive person as well. I, I watch some, but not like, I'm not crazy, crazy yeah. into it. Um, but same thing with comedy. Like, I don't watch a ton of comedy because I don't want to imitate styles, but there are people that I really like watching. I, I don't, do you like to, I don't like to watch specials on TV. I only like comedy live and I don't have the patience to go to open mic as a viewer. Yep. Like I only, like I, 
club or theater. I actually prefer theater. Like, I'm such a snob. I don't snob. It's just, I don't know. I just, like, with comedy, I'm like, I have no tolerance for the bad comedy. Like, I want to see... Open mics are, are, like, the worst thing yeah. to watch. Yeah. Like, you go to them because you need to practice. Yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't want to go see, like, like with music, it's fine. I love seeing bands before they blow up. With the comedians, I'm like, I gotta see you polished before I even want to... Even no, because you're gonna you watch, know? like, a thousand fucking, like, yeah. I beat this horse, literally, jokes yeah. or, like, dick jokes or, yeah, I open just, mics are, like... It's not for me. Yeah. Um, clubs are definitely good. Theater's definitely good. But, um, yeah, so I got asked on a date, and uh, I didn't want to go out with a guy, but he was like, I'm going to an open mic. Do you want to do you want to do that? And I was like, okay. I was like, do you mean perform? And he's like, you can if you want. So I was like, okay. And I just, like, wrote five minutes and went up and tried it Are out. Are more nervous for that or the date? Oh, it wasn't a date. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a date. Oh, just so, a friend. yeah, yeah. Well, at that point, because I, I yeah. shut it down. Shut uh, it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liz Lemon style, shut it down. <laughs> I was watching that today. Yeah. Oh God, I watch it like every day. <laughs> but, shut it down. But yeah, so yeah, I uh, just went up and did five minutes, and I got a couple laughs, and then on the way home, he sent me a message. He was like, "You're a diamond in the rough," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> like that's not true at all," uh, but yeah i'll do it again so i did it again and then i did a show and i bombed and i quit that's a, yep. but why did you go back because a friend was like hey we're going to that open mic we're gonna play some music you have to do comedy so i went back to do comedy got a couple more laughs and i was like all right it's not like i don't suck too bad so let's just keep going yeah i always hear comedians talk about like the curse of doing well your first time yeah yeah exactly you get that like you're like this well. is easy we yeah. can do yeah exactly so like and how do you handle that rejection? Ugh. Um, I didn't handle it well for years. Yeah. For years. Um, Flash forward, I'm in Butler. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really bad. Um, really pre-pandemic, like I, I worked as hard as I could. I would get up on stage like at least 15 times a month. Um, which like in Rhode Island is extra hard because you really have to go yeah. to Boston or somewhere else. Like you have yeah. to travel a lot. Yeah. So I was traveling to, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, Boston, Connecticut. And all while working too. All while working. So I would go out at night, get home at like one or two in the morning, wake up for 7 a.m., go to work, take one hour nap, then travel wherever again. And I did this like three or four times every week. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. I... Are you someone who picked up hockey bees and kept them your whole life? Not particularly. Is this one different? This is I, different. I feel that way about podcasting where I've tried a lot of things that didn't stick. And yeah. I don't know why this was the one. Yeah, this was like a, it, it was a, it was an extra passion. Almost like an, I don't want to call it an addiction. Yeah. That's not the right word, but it is like, if, I've heard Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien said that he's like, you know, if I get stranded on a desert island by the end of that day, I'm going to be making a desk and interviewing a pineapple. Yeah. And I was like, if if no, I remember when the pandemic hit, and be like, is this the end of podcasting? Yeah. And I was like, listen, people, I've been making this show when literally I'd get 12 downloads. I will never stop if no one listens. Like it's a hundred. Yep. I'm trying to make it my career and business now. It's I, now it's like a business and stuff, and that's still part of me. But at my core, I'm like. If everything falls apart tomorrow, I will still sit in my closet yeah. and talk to a stranger online and release it for no one if I have to. Like, I, I can't. I did quit. And, well, I got, through when I had PTSD, I got super depressed and quit. But so depressed, I forgot. I didn't tell. I was too depressed to even tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so they were just like, what I happened? I found a Google Doc yeah. recently of, like, my, like, exit, like, goodbye to everyone. But I, I got so depressed, I couldn't even post it. Wow. That's yeah. really, that's sad. Uh, yeah, it sucked. But 
everything after that period got so much better. Like, yeah. Like, uh, to quote Schneider from uh, One Day at a Time reboot, don't quit before the miracle happens. Yeah. Like, and that's really true. Like, yeah. It's really true. Like, like, yeah, I mean, it was just a hobby and it was just, I, I, I didn't take, I don't know, I didn't. I didn't think I was good at it, even though people were telling me I was. My numbers were imposter great. syndrome. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, no, but it's easy. It's easy talking to people. I, it just yeah, no, it was just all that like deflected. And I was like, it's a hobby. People were offering. I'm like, oh, I don't want money. This is for fun. And yeah, very punk rock. And then all the bad stuff kind of happened, and then brought me to where I am now. So like, you know, I, and that's kind of I'm imagining like, you know, if, if your life's a movie, you're in that part now, and then like. You're starting to get the, the good stuff. Like, the, yeah. the miracle is going to be happening for you down the road. Well, and yeah. And, like, when you're doing 15 shows a month and not sleeping, like, you can't be healthy mentally. Or funny. You can't, Well, yeah, I was funny. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. But, like, I was, like, in my own head all the time. Sure. And so if I had a bad show, I would beat the shit out of myself mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it was really, really fucking unhealthy. Now, from doing the program, do you look back and be like, maybe the show was only the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, I yeah. I a lot to myself. I'm like, oh, maybe there was something else I wasn't aware of. Yeah, because I needed, like, I needed love. Um, I needed love from outside yeah. validation, basically. Yeah, yeah. Hello. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I had, like, I had, I started dating at 26 because that's when I was divorced. And so... Wait, hold on. You were, how old were you got married the first time? Um, I was 24 when I got married. Are you Pete Holmes? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I met my first boyfriend, and I was like, well, one person loves me. Good enough. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, no one else is going to love me. This is the only one. Wow. So, like, I just stayed with him. Well, good for you for whatever reason you had to separate. If it was Oh, yeah. Reason. Yeah, well, he I, did me a favor. He, he met someone else. I'm sure it sucks when it happened, but, like. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, Oh, yeah. Adele every day on my drive home, just crying. Oh, yeah. It was real. My was buddy good. at work, Adam, he's um, also, he's a, he's been divorced a few years, but um, we were working together when it all happened and we took a LOA and it was like, I, he was so much insight. He's like, I know this sucks and this is the hardest thing I'm ever going to go through, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah. Done and now we're like been a couple years later and like happiest I've ever seen him. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, like, I'm way, way, yeah. I owe everything to that divorce, honestly. Yeah. Well, good like, for not sticking in it, because I know myself, especially in relationships, Victoria, I'm just kidding, she'll <laughs> uh, No, I love my wife, like, absolutely. But, like, yeah, I, I know myself, like, I'm, my, my first serious relationship, I look back, I'm like, we should have broke up. I'm oh, not, my God, yeah. She did it for me, thank God. But I, yeah. I was like, I'll stay here forever. He never did anything. Like, we had fucking moldy mm. pots on the sink for weeks. Yeah. And he would never clean anything. Yeah. And that was, like, his one job. I did laundry. I yeah. cleaned. He was supposed to do the dishes. Anyway, yeah. I, we don't have to go off on, on him. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he like he yeah, he no, wanted someone to take care of him. Wife. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what good, he got. He did. Good for you not yeah. sticking in that, like. Yeah. Even before you got to the help that you needed uh, to get to this place, at least you had that. Even if you chose the divorce or not, I'm just I'm glad that you did. Yeah. I. It's not who I am, and it's not yeah. who I was gonna be. And yeah. but I, the problem is like when you start dating at 26, like, and you just got left by someone for someone else, like your self esteem is in the fucking shitter. Yeah. Uh, excuse my language, but fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was it was really bad, and so I had to, uh, you know, get external validations i was dating i was serial dating i was dating yeah. all the time all these different like fucking assholes that i didn't they were all very nice people and if you ever dated me i'm sorry but like most of them were fucking assholes and the stories i could tell you are just like 
crazy. Yeah. Because, like, as we talked about, we're both people where people instantly open up to you for some reason. Yeah. Like, I got all this shit, like, deep baggage on the first, second, or third date. It's called a lightning rod for emotional connection. Is that what it is? I, well, that's what my therapist calls me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then there's the other term, trauma bonding. Okay. I don't know if you, if you know, like, Margie Felton, she's the CEO of Interview Connections. No, I don't, yeah. And, um, uh, the podcast booking agency, they're based in Rhode Island, they're wonderful, but that's okay. how, um, we became friends. I mean, never mind the fact she was, like, the CEO of a multi-million dollar company in my industry and all that stuff, like, that didn't do it for me. It was the fact, like, oh, your dad was dead? Oh, let's talk. Yeah. And uh, she's been on the show, and she's a good friend, and you you would love her. She's just a lovely human being. Yeah. But she has a great podcast called um, We Get It, Your Dad Died, where she interviews, like, um, like really successful entrepreneurs just to talk about their trauma. Wow. And all that is how that trauma led to their successes. That's really great. It's really, yeah. You, you, she's, I don't know why I bring her up. I just... No, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start like listening to that. Too, right? Yeah, just like, well, you like this person. You yeah, like this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's just a good, just a good friend. But yeah, trauma bonding, which, which is good, but sometimes it also can lead you places. Like I've gotten a lot better with like that, yeah. like cutting out the emotional vampires yep. in my life. Yeah, even like I wouldn't say cut out, but I will say like I have definitely tampered the brakes on relationships. Like especially in our in the world, like there's this belief that just because someone's related to you, like like they they can do a little bit more worse to you. Yeah, and like. So, like, I I haven't caught anyone out in my family, but I've definitely, like, I'm not going to put as much effort into that relationship if it's not being reciprocated back equally. Yeah. And it's made life so much better. Like, the initial yeah, yeah. boundary is hard to put up. Yep. Like, I just had that with a, 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 a group of friends, and, and uh, it was really hard. Yep. But then the rest of the day after, I was feeling great. I'm like, I don't got to deal with that shit. Like, isn't that great when you get to a point yeah. where, like, like, someone says something and you get really angry and you're like, I don't even care. Yeah. I just don't want to deal with this. I'm like, okay, let's just not talk about this. I'm done. Yeah. I'm estranged from one of my siblings and, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Um, I tried for a long time to connect with them and it hurt a lot when they stopped connecting with me. Um, but at the end of the day, they're a person that is going to be detrimental towards my health because if they can't accept me for who I am, then yeah, of course it's it not is. a healthy relationship. No, exactly. And, I say that people, especially, like, when I'm working with people in, like, substance use, like, or, like, the family members, like, you know, there's a difference from, like, enabling and, like, helping people. And, like, you don't ever have to cut people out of your life. This is more pertaining to people, like, using drugs. Yeah. And even I've had this with friends and family and stuff, but, like, I'll never cut someone out for, like, if they're, like, going through a hard time or drugs. But I will stop talking to you, and I will wait for you. Like, you know, there's... Yeah. Yeah, like, so I... Like, you know, you're strange. It sounds like you're in that phase of, like, I did all this, and now I'll wait. And you, if it's five years, five, 10 years, 15, 20, Absolutely. I will always be here, but I will do nothing else. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Forgiveness on both sides, but you uh, you get to a point, it's like, I put out the olive branch, and I will not do any more. Yep. And the previous version of me was just like, take the bushel. Take yeah. the bushel. Yeah. And, uh, well, I spent many years, and, like, there were, like, a lot of, and this is, like, my embarrassment, right? Like, I, like, drunken phone calls of, like, hey, I still love you. You're still my brother. Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Sorry, it's my brother. <laughs> um, but, like at the end of the day, like, I can't do anymore. I put a lot yeah. of emotion into it, and it's hurting me. And if it's hurting me, then it's no longer something that yeah. I can put in. Yeah, no, it's and it's it sucks, and then we just have to learn, like, all right, we're just going to carry that grief with us, and we'll work through, and we'll get stronger, and then you just you never know what's going to happen in life. But, like, yeah, I mean, I've had that in so many relationships with that, just, like, connecting with someone, and I'm like, we get along. Especially, to the worst part, too, is, like, with those people, like, especially, like, it's almost like bipolar. Like, yeah. Too. 
there's a really, like, usually it always starts off with a really big high. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is great. I like being around you. And then the low kicks in. And you're yes. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. You're just, but like for me, I was so desperate that I was like, "Oh, what a what a lovely skeleton! Let me put that in my closet." Like, yeah, oh my it, god, that's the perfect way to explain so yeah. much of like my life. And like, I'm at the point now, like, like I mean, most people get into the field I am because they have some internal trials, like, yeah, issue, something. It's like that, like need to fix and help. And I, yep. in the last like couple of years in therapy, I like kind of worked through all that. I'm like, I don't want to help people anymore. Which <laughs> Um, like, and I, I love the clients I work with and all that stuff, but like I, but that need to fix other people. Like, I like doing it for work now, but like, I like I, I outside will, of work, that's yeah. I do not help any of my friends with any yeah. of their mental, emotional health issues. Yeah, and like I remember one of my friends was saying something I like kind of borderline. I was like, hey guys, I know this is gonna sound weird, but here you can't say. Here's what you. Here's the line. You cannot tell me a single. If you like, if you ever say you're gonna hurt yourself or someone else, I will call the police on you. I don't care if you ever talk to me. I will have a safety check. I got yep. like laid into them, and they kind of got nervous because they were joking. I was like, you no. I'm like, unless it's gonna be life or death, don't tell me about that shit. I yeah. just like, I, I just don't fucking like. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I want to talk to my friends about stuff I like. Safety checking someone is like, yeah. It's what it's such a mixed feeling, right? Because oh, you horrible. you know you're doing something good for someone, but I've at the same time it feels fucking terrible. Yeah, I've had and like oh god, and I've. I, let me tell you, if you, I won't make it political, but the most awkward experience, one of the strangest things you'll ever have is going out with the police for a safety check for someone to get started, knowing you're the only person without a weapon and making the least amount of money and having the most responsibility. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Almost offensive. Yeah. I've had people never talk to me again because I've had to do it. And like, and I've also had people stop me at the mall and hug me. It's like, you saved my life. So it's, yeah. You get to a point, it's like, I have this thought, it's like, I would rather have you on this earth never talking to me again, rather than risk you not being here. Exactly, but yeah. Like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, no, I just don't have that energy for that shit anymore. Not yeah. shit, that's, like, I just don't want to deal with people, like, you know, I'm still supportive and I love my friends and stuff, but it's just like, I don't know, if you're, if, if there's, when people start talking into stuff that sounds like therapy territory and they're not seeing a therapist, I'm like, yep. are you getting help? No, well, you're not getting it from me. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, exercise. My therapy. I'm like, oh, cool. Do you like CBT or DBT exercise? Well, what's that? I'm like, yeah, because exercise is awesome and therapeutic, but it's not therapy. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a problem, and people just don't understand. And yeah. that's why, like, it's important to talk about this. That's why I'm talking yeah. about it and yeah. being open about it because, like, again, like I'm a pretty normal person. I think I would say so. Um, but even I need help. And other people I know definitely need help, and they just don't they don't seek it. Don't you love when you start to recognize everyone else around you? Oh, God. Have you ever seen Silver Lining Playbook? Uh, you told me about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to watch it again. It's really good. That scene where, like, uh, Bradley Cooper coming out of the psychiatric hospital, and then his dad punches him in the face, and the cops all show up, and everyone's worried about Bradley Cooper because he's in the psych hospital. They're like, no, Bradley's doing good. Yeah. Bradley's taking He's got his pills and skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we should talk to dad over there for assaulting his adult son. Yes. That's not good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the veterinary community is like that. It's like so many people need help. So many people need therapy. And so few people do it. But then they, they commiserate. So they just like blame each other, talk to each other about it all day long. It's just negative, negative, negative. And so like it's just you can't escape it. You can't escape it. I don't know what I'm going to do when I go back because I don't. I have trouble setting those healthy boundaries with coworkers and being like, hey, I know you're suffering, but you're making me suffer, so please stop. Yeah. 
you know, like Hopefully the pills and skills will work. Oh God. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to get a healthy foundation before I go back. Cause yeah. I like trial by error. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you don't always have to work the same place forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's difficult. It's, like, there's a whole, to, yeah. Not being the typical man. I'm not trying to solve your problems. No, no. It's yeah. It's literally my, the psychiatrist that I met with was like, if your job is causing you trouble, why stay? And I was like, or like i had a, i was in therapy i had a therapy a therapy point yesterday and i have like a really intense session yeah i text my wife like i'm gonna punch john in the dick tonight <laughs> yeah. And yeah it was just one of those things where why he, are you being mean to me yeah, he, just, <laughs> he just said something really sim- i don't remember what it was it, it'd be too long to explain but he said something super simple that was right in front of me i should one of those should have yeah. seen it and i'm like I'm now angry at you for not letting me recognize that. Yeah. And it really was hard. And then you know, better today. But yeah. I'm so pissed at him. I ha- Don't say the truth to me. I had no fucking idea how much childhood trauma I had. No fucking idea. Because I thought it was all normal. I thought everything I went through was so fucking normal. Oh, my. I had my therapist draw on the ground all the time be like. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, because we do that, I don't know, we all do that thing where, um, not we, but at least I do that thing where I minimize, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like raped or anything, yeah. I never got molested, yeah. I'm like, you know, I never got like hit, my parents never hit me, and like, uh, like all like the really extreme, horrible things never happened to me. See, my parents, oh. my parents did hit me, and I thought yeah. that was normal. It's not. <laughs> yeah, turns out it's not. Yeah, it's uh, called the escalator theory, that everything that in your life will maintain is, becomes normal after six months. Yeah. Whether it's abuse. Uh, uh, pandemic, you win the lottery, like, yep. whatever it is in your life will just become your new normal. Yeah. But you're a kid, you don't know anything. To no. Like, yeah. You, just, you would not, you wouldn't know that. But then I had like, I, you know, I had nightmares growing up my entire ch- childhood. I had Shocker. repetitive nightmares. <laughs> I had dreams where I ran away from home repeatedly. I, I had dreams why. like that. Um, I read, this is the thing that I realized yesterday is when I was little, I used to read all these like human interest pieces. <laughs> so like a child called it and they cage the animals at night, all these things about kids getting abused. Um, and then like, you know, black experience books, books about the Holocaust, because yeah. their life was worse than mine. So it made me feel better yes. <laughs> about myself. Yeah, Fucking but- uh, Angela's Ashes. Like- what, what is that? Uh, po- po- toxic Positivity? I Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, you know. Bless your heart. Things are hard, but at least you're not in the concentration. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's good that I'm not in one, but it doesn't mean what I'm not going through. Yeah. It's hard. Like, yeah. My therapist always says, what is the worst thing that ever happened to you, whether it's your goldfish died or your husband was murdered, it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yep. Like, because everyone's like the star, it's your your own reality. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I had that too. Like, a lot of stuff I just didn't realize was, in, and um, yeah, like for me, it was just, I had a lot of loss. Yep. Uh, so, like, it was just, I don't know, just stuff like that. You were just saying, like, oh, that wasn't. I wouldn't say, I would say I had a, a series, a lot of series of little T's. Yeah. Like little traumas. Yeah. Not any really, some, some, maybe some big T's in there, but like not, nothing, nothing that would be like one thing you would point to that caused this, like a lot of little bumps in the road. Yeah. And then kaboom later on. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, I think that's why we become compatible. Like in my group the other day, most of the people were people who were, had some sort of compassionate job, right? People yeah. who were caretakers. Veterinarians. Yep, yep. Uh, like people, you we know. all love food and animals. What, yeah. What is it? Uh, we all like food. We all get our feelings and we like animals because they can't talk back. Exactly, yeah. And that's like, it was It was just a group of people who took care of other people and that's because probably at some point we... Every therapist ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yep. we all we do is talk about my job is food and, and animals and yep. TV. Yeah. Just the most disgustingly dark sense of humor you've ever had. Oh, yeah. Like, my wife's now used to it, but like, we always joke. She like if she, you know just like people saying I'm gonna kill myself like you know they're like oh my god the power cell I'm gonna kill myself and I'll hear the other one be like cut down the street not across <laughs> we think yeah. that's funny yeah it, I mean it is it's not yeah because we know it's, it's not gonna yeah. happen but like yeah. it could <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm like that's funny and in her it's like oh it's, it's just it's a funny joke but other people are like. That's horrible, Mike. I know, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's even more fucked up that people do it. Uh, and veterinary humor is really bad, too. Bet. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our friend Lisa's a vet, a mass, and she's yeah. sick sense of humor. I love Oh, it. yeah. There was, like, uh, I, I feel like I can tell us. I'm not really sure. You tell me whether I should, we should cut this out afterwards. It's, it's you can go back and tell us. Yeah. There was a... There was a, a Birth that um, all all the puppies died, and it was really sad. We were very sad about it. High school, so I have minimal experience that stuff. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was very sad. Like we were really sad about it. But the only way it's laugh or cry, right? Yeah. And so the person who uh, was about to take care of their remains had put them by color in different trays, and I was like, "Did you just segregate dead puppies?" And it was like, it was just like, I felt really, like, I was really sad, but like, it was the only way I could like, get through the moment is Everybody's, to make fun of this kid. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, um, so when you start getting on stage, you should, uh, see, I actually remembered, um, like you're doing the open mics and stuff like, and like when we were talking to you, like you're like, um, like I have like, you know, there's like a level of, I don't want to call this exact, but like I, I, I'm at, there's so little time in the day. I don't like, cause I. If it's up to me, I would just sit here and talk to every human being on earth, but I can't. Yeah, fair so, like, enough. I'm, I'm not going to be interviewing open mics. Like, you have to have some level of success to be like, all right, that's interesting to me. And then the more I looked you up, it was like, holy shit, you've like traveled, you went to Toronto. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like an actual established comedian and stuff. Like, how Depends long? who you ask. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's isn't that always yeah. the other thing? Wherever you are, someone below you is looking up and vice and every person. Yeah, but you know, even Mick Jagger is probably like fucking McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, it never ends. Which maybe talking to Gethard about that too. It's like to me, I'm like, you're a star. You've been on The Office, but you know, he's sitting there looking at somebody else. He looks at Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell looks at someone else. Yeah. Like so, to me, you, you know, he yeah. wasn't on The Office, right? That was Gethard? a different guy. Together? Yeah. Yeah, he was in two episodes in season nine. Oh, was he? Okay. Because yeah. uh, Toby looks just like yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I was like, I was yeah. like, that was a different yeah, guy. That was, um, uh, oh my God. Paul Lieberstein. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I listened to The Office Ladies on the way here. I didn't realize he was in season nine. I don't He's think only I was in like yeah. two episodes. I actually forgot he was in it. But, yeah. But it was like, in my head, it's like, you've been on the biggest show. But yeah. like, everyone always looks at somebody else. Like, for at least at my level, like, for a non comedian, like, you're beyond an open micer, at least. Yeah, yeah. You so traveled. you left the country. Yeah, I'm passed at the club. That's you, the you, that's the big thing. You've made money from it. Yeah, like I, you know, in all these like creative fields, there's these invisible benchmarks you hit. Yeah, and like you don't ever recognize them until like way after the fact. Yeah, like you look back and you can make me your narrative. You're like, that was really cool. But when you're going through it, it's like, yeah. I mean, I still remember the first time I hosted at the club, and I was like. I was, like, so honored, but so fucking nervous. So yeah. nervous. You perform around here a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. So yeah. so uh, both Frank and I are past at the club, meaning that we host regularly there. Where is this? Um, a Comedy Connection in East Providence. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, place. Yeah, so my next goal is to work towards feature. Um, so whether it's there or anywhere, yeah. you know, get a solid 20-minute set that I can do. Yeah. Um, and... I, you know, I travel to Worcester and to Boston and I try to get up on clubs there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's difficult because there are, 
there are like territorial things, right? Like, like I am from Providence. I grew up with the club here. So I am more likely to go up here than I am to go up in Boston where other comics grew up. Yeah. And are around all the time. Comedians are just, they're just, it's high school. Yeah. It's not comedy. Every industry is like that. Did, side note, did you happen to watch the, the Last Dance, the Bulls documentary? Mm-mm. Oh, it doesn't matter. But it's, it's about like a documentary. It's really good, but it's about like the Bulls out there, like their sixth championship. And, you know, you, same thing. You have that perception, Michael Jordan's, all that stuff. Yep. Petty bullshit ego blows up multi-billion dollar deals. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, that stuff, it doesn't matter where you are. At what level of success you get to, it never goes away. Yep. And you can eat yourself up about it and be like, well, I'm not good enough to be at that club. But at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of variables to it. So I try to, now that I'm going through therapy and doing everything, I'm like, you know, just relax. Like, you'll get it. If you're you're undeniable, you won't be denied. Yeah, uh, Barry Katz. Barry Katz, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of podcasts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I like I'm, I grew up in like the, the the like the hardcore or like the alternative like the music scene in Connecticut, yeah. and like all of the bands of the day that we shit on in our like niche underground culture are now like Avril Lavigne ate more shit than anyone. Yep. And I can only name maybe two bands from my era that are still active, and she now has a number one hit. Yeah. So sometimes there's part of that too. It's like even though I don't love Avril Lavigne or Good Charlotte, and I would give them shit like. They kind of put their head to the ground, like well, we're going to do our thing, and we'll be on the no. Like, yep. like Good Charlotte, was, like their whole thing was like we're going to be minor threat in the Backstreet Boys, and we made fun of them and all this stuff. And then, like at some point, you're like, well, they have a lot more money than me and a nice house, and like yep. you're still touring in a van and you're 40 and yep. you're miserable, and like so you kind of see that resentment. So like, yeah. sometimes too, you have to just be like, I've had a lot of stuff even within the podcast community of myself of like I, my ambition outgrew a lot of other people and I yep. lost friendships over it and. I just had to kind of get to a point of being unapologetic. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Every single person that I knew from back in the day, because I, I started this in 2013, whoever gave me shit or called me an opportunist yep. or whatever it was, they don't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's fine. There's a million things I've quit, but this is the thing I stuck with. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to any of those motherfuckers. I mean, I've literally had people say that, like, no one likes me on the scene, which is just, well, it's petty scene. and hurtful. Yes. Yeah, um, petty and hurtful. But and it's not really, true. And what like, they're saying to you is, I'm jealous of you. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's like it feels fucking weird to hear you say that Um, because like I don't like to think of people as being jealous of me because I work really fucking hard. And when I look at the comics that like I'm jealous of, I know they work really fucking hard. And so I know why they're getting the stuff they do. It's because either their social media game is fucking on point or they're really funny or both. Well, look at comedy like maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Every single every older generation complaining about comedians and like, YouTubers. That was the yeah. thing. Everyone, all the established comedians were shitting all yep. over YouTubers. And, and now Twitter. it's almost necessary. And it's like, you're a moron because yep. that's the future. Yeah, that's the other thing. Never ask someone like a decade, a generation above you for advice. Yeah. Like, well, you just got to, you just got to work hard and tore your ass yep. off. Like, well, there's been a pandemic and um, no, I don't. <laughs> there's yeah. about TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. We don't need any of that. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like Steve Martin probably doesn't. Yeah, do. Mattel doesn't, but yeah. yeah. But, but he even he's from, but he even had like in, the Insomniac, you know, and yeah, that's he's yeah. Social. He's from the but he's like grandfathered in Dark Ages. Yeah, like there's always the exception to the rule, but like, or I, I interviewed um, the, I don't know what she is, uh, Dana Schwartz, like when she was in college, and she was known for her parody Twitter account, 
and now she, I mean, she's not like famous or anything, but like she like hosts a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. Like she leveraged Twitter into become like a comedy writer. She's married to the. She's writing for like She Hulk, and her husband's the head writer for the James Corden show. Oh wow, that's like, awesome! But it's just one of those things too. It's like, but ten years ago, like she was getting crap for just being popular on Twitter. And yeah. Like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to do my thing, and that leverages to other things. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the and phrase... no one sees your work, right? Tina Fey and Ovi's talks about that, too, right? It's yeah. like overnight success. Or was it Amy Poehler? Oh, yeah, it's like t- overnight success is 10 years of hard work. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I always say good work, or I'm sorry, hard work puts you where the good luck can find you, right? Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten really, really lucky while I've been doing this. Like, yeah. Like, I have worked hard. Like, I, I volunteered to at Rogue Island for a few years before I started I working for them. I love that um, festival. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. And it's, you know, I've been lucky to work with Doug Key and uh, Katie Latimer, who run the festival. Meet them one day. Yeah, they're very, they're, they're lovely people. Yeah, I remember they opened up, I saw him open for, we went one year, and TJ Miller was Yeah, 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 yeah. And he opened up for him. At really the, funny. at the, yeah, yeah, I was there. Oh, yeah, it was a good yeah. show. I used to really love TJ Miller. Yeah, same. Not yeah. so much anymore. yeah. I don't excuse him, but I also know he had, like, brain surgery and, like, I, there's certain people, like Roseanne Barr, like, yeah. I don't love their actions by any means, but I also know that there... There may be reasons for There's them. a reason for them that yeah. they'll get my forgiveness faster if they do it appropriately. Yeah. Uh, but that's a side note. But, but yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I volunteered until I could work it, and now yeah. I'm working it. Well, and the no. fact that you work your full-time job as a veterinarian, and then we're going up on... Not a veterinarian. Show. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, a, a nurse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you know, you're putting in the work, so I'm imagining those people, like, no one likes you in the scene, it's just being, like... I'm jealous because you're doing what I want to do. Yeah, and, and but like I worked, I work really hard. Yeah. Um. I I have done a little bit less. I needed the pandemic to reset and to start medication and to figure out my anxiety because really, like, it was killing me at the end of the day, and I wasn't good on stage because of it. Yeah. Um. And people don't get that. People, you know, you'll hear older comics be like, "No, you should be working all the time. You shouldn't have taken a break." But like, well, yeah, you yeah. know, well, they idiots. can do that. Maybe they, I can't. They could do that all the time, but yeah. they also didn't have another avenue where you can create your content where you don't have to leave your house. Exactly. And when the pandemic hit, like yeah. anyone who was good with digital media strategy, Mike Wrigley, a perfect example. Uh, the fucking pandemic hit. Bam! He just threw himself into his podcast and yep. his Zoom shows and like. You know, and then you saw other people who were just like their income just dried up. They were done. Yeah. And like, like they, they, they adapted. Yeah. Yeah. I, the comedy and music scene is very similar. That's why I like Gethard because we're both in that music pod. Uh, we're both from that music scene, and he's obviously way more connected. Yeah. You two, you as well, more connected to the comedy scene. I'm a fan of it from afar, but like, there's a weird thing where you like you want scene acceptance, but you almost don't. Like, so one of the biggest bands from our, the two biggest bands that come out of our like the music scene I was involved mm-hmm. with when I was younger. Like a national would be like My Chemical Romance and Fall okay. Boy. Yep. The two bands that everyone in our scene shit on the most. Yep. I'm gonna name. I can name 50 bands right now that I guarantee you've never heard of. That like I have ta- like I literally have a folly tattoo. I'm gonna. They were wonderful people. They weren't talking shit. They're yep. good friends. You don't know who they are. No. That, that's totally fine. Yeah. But like you know what I mean. So like there's that weird thing too where like you need the respect of the scene, but also to be like I don't care. Yeah. No. I know, it's so weird because, like, my mom knows who my chemical romance is, but she doesn't know who Thursday is. She no. doesn't know, like, I don't know, American football. That's not her. Like, you know, well, Fairweather comedy fans don't give a true comedy fan. Not a true comedy. A, 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 like, a, a comedy fan like me, I might see you once a year if I'm lucky. Yeah, Mike Birbiglia is one of those guys that, like, he says, you know, you told your friends you're going to go see Mike Birbiglia tonight. And they said, who? 
Yeah. Like he's he, he understands it. Yeah, like you have to understand they're not going to know who you are. Yeah. Um unless you're like really big. Yeah, cuz like you you could be huge in your scene and like nobody on a national level is talking about 100 yeah. bands or with honor or like oh hey breed is from my area. That was yeah. like the big the big band that blew up. When I when I opened up for Jesse May, I was like in, just starting this midlife yeah, crisis. Uh, Jesse May Palooza, lovely. She was on Girl Code on MTV for a while. Don't even know that. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, and so, so like you don't know who she is, but she is like a big deal, and she's yeah. really fucking funny. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. Big names and niche and very small niche. Exactly. Um, but like she she was lovely, but I was just starting my midlife crisis when I opened for her. So in my head, I was a fucking puddle of mess. Yeah. And when I went to Comic Con, people were like, "Oh yeah." I saw you open up for Jesse the other day. You were really good. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Who? I never, I, I know, I, we're not good judges. Like, I, uh, I, I, I do interviews and, like, you know, like, I always have the perception of how it went. And obviously, it's very internal of how I felt. Yep. Majority of those factors have nothing to do with the interview itself. Yep. It's like, I didn't sleep well last night. I was in a shitty mood. I couldn't find parking. Yep. And then they're like, that was my favorite episode. I'm like, what? Yeah. I didn't feel that way. Yeah, it's I I like in my mind, I, I did what I wanted to do when I started out. Right. My biggest thing in my biggest goal ever was just to open up for a tell. Yeah. That was that was like the the fucking top of what I Have wanted to that? do. Yeah. So I had wow. a fucking amazing weekend because um, I opened up for Big J for three days and then I opened up for a tell on the fourth day. Wow. You can open up for those crude dudes. I yeah, I didn't know I could. Yeah. Uh, I got very, again, like very lucky. It happened to be that they were falling in the same weekend. And like Big J is the nicest fucking person in the world. Yeah. Atel is the nicest person in the world. Um, and I also like, because I'm a little awkward, I don't treat them like they're any different than my friends. So yeah. like I had to go to the bathroom really quick after Atel. And I was like, did you poop in there? And he was like, I haven't pooped in 30 years. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I was like, who, who fucking asked that to Dave Attell? Who fucking does that? But like. I know. It's the people in our heart, like to me, like bloom so large, but they're not famous outside of that room. Like, you ever see I Am Comic? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Like, I forgot it was Alonzo Bowden. He's like, but you ain't shit the second you leave that hall. That yeah. No yep. one knows who Dave Attell is outside of us comedians. Exactly. Well, no, I think people like. Oh no, I guess that's true because I told some people and I was like, "Oh my God, guess what I'm doing?" They were like, "Who?" Yeah, yeah. Big J is like one, one of those people. Where he's the I, funniest people. Oh, absolutely, but I would say like, yeah, it, it is weird to get that. It is also odd that level of success we have. It's like you have to be like Bono, but like you know, there's a million people that are having yeah. successful careers that no one, not not everyone knows their name. Yeah, like, like I think Comic Con is that perfect example. Like, um, like when we went, my wife and I went, and my brother-in-law, we went to the. Um, Star Wars Rebels uh, panel was like the two of the voice actors. It's like maybe eight hundred people in that room. Like those two, uh, Ashley Eckstein and Fran, the other guy. My wife's like is obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you don't even know who that is. And that's nope, totally fine. Exactly. Not at all. She had to have security with her at Comic Con. Wow. But then, then she could literally just walk out of Comic Con and go get a coffee, and no one's gonna say anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like for my my that's actually my dream is just to be famous in certain rooms. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the goal. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. David Tell is a legend at the cellar, but I swear to God, if he walked into this writers uh, watch your writers club, yeah. it'd just be me and you'd be like, oh my god. Yeah. And Jody would be like, I'm sorry, sir. Can I help you? Yeah. Are you homeless? Are you homeless? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't. 
I think that's cool. And I, I want to find out who said they didn't like you in the scene because I'm gonna go. That's uh, fine. It's fine. It's uh. Maybe like a Murray, a Maury Povich, and be like, have them, like I'll interview them. Like, so you said some bad things about Crystal. Oh uh, no, there's and you know there there's there's just drama. There's just drama, and I hate drama. And so that's why I just like I put my head down and I work. Yeah, work hard, be nice. Yes. And a lot of those people quit. Yeah. I even talking about like you remember like hearing Pete Holmes talking about that like everyone shit on Mulaney and then like look at Mulaney. Yeah. Everyone who talks the most shit will quit. Yeah, I, his his special was like one of the first ones I memorized. Yeah, I love. You know, uh, weird's one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, yeah, I I haven't listened to that. Oh, it's so good. Go back. I don't Geth- listen. Gethard. I don't listen to enough. Yeah, I get his the Gethard episode from years ago is what made me a Gethard fan. Okay. He like talks about eating a woman's ass. It's <laughs> Uh, that's very funny very to nice imagine, Chris. Yeah. yeah, he owned. Yeah, he started in Providence. Even though he's a Boston guy, yeah, yeah. He started in uh, Comedy Connection. It was his first club. Really? Yeah, I didn't know like, that. Yeah, I don't know if he has like any open ties, but I've heard him say on the podcast that it was the first time he performed. Oh, I wish he would come back. Here. Yeah, yeah, I, I love him. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, yeah. So you get to like, um, like do like weekends and road stuff and like. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I don't know. Is Toronto that, you know, was amazing. Is that a life you want to be like a full time com- like touring comedian? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that would be I ideal. Mean, I feel like I'm like in that spot of like I'd like to be like a weekend person and get paid for content creation. Yeah. Like that seems like the good work life balance. It's I I really like traveling and I really yeah. like experiencing different. St- yeah. And I love listening to people. Like I yeah. love hearing stories from yeah. people. So how do comedians tour? I actually have no idea. Do you have to get like an agent? Like generally, you have like an agent or a manager, and they book you. It's not punk rock DIY you just do it yourself you then, can then you don't get paid yeah you can but it's difficult it's easier to have someone represent you yeah. but then you have to pay for someone to represent you yeah you, do you have to get approached or you can't just hire someone? I have no idea I'm yeah. not like really at that level yeah um really uh-huh. until uh-huh. I have like a good hour I don't want to yeah even try how many what, what do you got now it's so every person is different right yeah people will say like Oh, I have I have thirty minutes. They don't really. They have like ten, but they haven't realized that yet. Mm-hmm. I am very realistic about my set. I say I have a good twenty minutes, like a really good twenty minutes, solid. But I still think it could be perfected more. Yeah. So yeah. So That's like awesome. yeah. Did you do crowd work? Uh, sometimes. Like I like talking to the crowd, and if there's a moment that I can get into. It's easier when I'm drunk, so doing this sober now is going to be a little bit more difficult. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I saw your husband. They just did a like, whole episode on his recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're both in recovery right now. It's going great. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, but that's really beautiful. Yeah, well. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with where one person's recovery and then they're not together anymore. Yeah, I just started listening. I actually did start listening to a podcast called Sober Awkward. Ooh, um, I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's, it's very entertaining so far i'm on episode one five minutes in <laughs> but like they have an episode on like if your partner's if you're recovering and your partner's not so i thought that would be a couple good that to recovers listen. together stays together yeah, yeah and I, like i mean he ended up in the hospital so like yeah. he was really sick because of it like i uh so we should go a little back on that so uh, your husband's like actually I knew you like uh, from their pot because I'd always see on Instagram it was like Frank's Mexican girlfriend. Yeah, I am known as yeah. Frank's Mexican girl. Yeah. You know what's weird? Getting recognized in your hometown by that. Wow. Like we went out to breakfast and they were like, "Your Frank, Frank, are you Mexican girlfriend?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, "Yeah." I'm assuming you're Mexican. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I at that point I didn't like I just knew who they were. I didn't listen to the podcast. And at first I like didn't know what their show was, and I. Especially in podcasts, and there's a lot of like two dudes, and then sometimes they're like low key racist. Yeah. Um, not 
putting that on them. Well, Frank's, Frank, Frank says a lot of stuff. Just like if I didn't know, like, I, this is nothing against them. It's just like from like their outward promotion, they were like a little more crude. So there's, especially in like the niche podcast world, there's like levels of that. Yeah. So at first, I was like a little wary of it. I was like, I don't know. Are these just, and then like, I, and then eventually, you know, now I'm like, oh my God, these people are fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. Like, uh, what's it? What's uh, Katie? Is that Katie? Yeah. I, I don't actually know any of these people. Personally. Yeah. Katie's a comic, uh, yeah, from, she, from oh, Connecticut, so, but, what part? uh, somewhere northish. Oh, I'm from Meriden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I follow him on Instagram and I always see Brian at the dispensary. Yeah, yeah, and Brian is like a he's like a touring headliner. Yeah. So, he's so, he's great. Yeah, you know, like you got your little crew but I was like, "Oh, that's so cool." Yeah, like a lot of us podcasters didn't all know about each other yeah. for a long time, so like I've been trying to pull everyone in together. It's it's like wrangling cats, but yeah. it's, it's happening. I'm actually starting a podcast with two of my friends, so we'll that's see how awesome. that goes. Well, yeah, producer. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, a really cheap place to record, by the way. Very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good place to record. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, so how far into like Wicked Funny his comedy career was he at when you met? Um, he was. He's about one year ahead of me. Um, so I am five and a half years. He's about six and a half. Oh, so like he's about a half year from behinding his voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes seven years. Yeah. And I actually, I felt that with podcasting too. It wasn't until it, about, it took about seven years where I finally felt like, I mean, like I was in that phase where I was going to quit. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not telling anyone. Yeah. I was like episode like 197. I was like, you know what? I just got to get to two and then we'll wrap this up nicely. Yeah. And that's right around the time the club opened up. And it was actually Jody who we just met and Jillian I interviewed here. First time in like in a studio was that was the first time I had ever done an interview. Like I was like, oh, I really think I can do this. Yeah. yeah so it took, I think I, it took me about seven years to find my voice. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to feel it more. Like I'm yeah. starting to feel like myself on stage more and not like I'm doing something for someone. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I have people tell me like, don't do that. You're too young to do that on stage. Like different, like different jokes. Like, like when I talked about like, um, certain private issues on stage, um, oh, it's cause those very openly. Yeah, it, well, because those people are still alive and it's still really raw for me. So, like, they – it's it's emotional and they can sense it. Uh, and so they're, like, the audience can feel it too. Yeah, yeah. So you need, like, some distance. Yes, exactly. So it's not like – But I believe in that. Like, I believe in talking about important issues. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work out for me or not. I don't know if I'll drop it eventually. But, like, if, if that's – how I feel if that's me on stage and that's authentic, then I feel like that's gonna yeah. pursue a little bit. I've heard Pete Holmes talk about like he has to like process all the horribleness first, and then he can go on stage and be funny about it. Exactly. Like, that makes like when he was talking when his talk show got canceled and stuff. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just I didn't bring him on stage for a while, then it got to the point where he was okay with it. Because if you're not comfortable laughing at it, I'm not comfortable. I'm yeah. Subconscious level, I'm not going to be comfortable laughing at it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And you, they can feel that. They can yeah. feel that emotion. I think that comedy being like the most true art form is really is like everyone because a, a sensitive empath the second they walk a room. They're like, now you see how I feel all the time, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm nervous again. I'm nervous. I don't know oh, if it's fun. like. Uh, no, it's not. It sucks. You know, I, I feel like when I quit and started, I got scared again too. But oh my god, my hunger came back when the nerves came back. It's like the sobriety is just kicking my ass. Yeah, like no, the nerves are so much worse. Wait till you get the pink fog though. That's the best. What is that? The pink fog. I don't know what that is. It's right, especially if you quit people who quit drinking. Like as you get in your recovery and you're just basically like as high as you could be all the time. It's like an elevation of high. You're like, it's like coming out of the pandemic and you go into the, to a concert the first time. You're like. 
God, I feel God. I feel, I think God is here because <laughs> it's all brand new. But so like, but you're also going to be feeling the highest as you ever felt and the lowest. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the worst part about sobriety is uh, having an existential crisis and having to actually deal with it. Yes. Yeah. But you will. But I'm, you know what? I have to say uh, non-alcoholic beers are like saving my life right now. That's great. I have like stocked up like nobody's business. And so you're, oh yeah. So back to your, your, uh, your husband who I met at the yeah, yeah. Comic Con too. Yep. Um, so was he, um, would he, was, did he identify as an alcoholic prior to this experience? No, he was very much in denial for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Functioning? Uh, very. Yeah. So would you, would you have called him an alcoholic? Uh, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. I've told him a thousand times, yeah. like over the past six months. Yeah. Um, the problem is when you're a functioning alcoholic, you think it's fine. And you get rewarded. And you get rewarded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he works from home and well, he, yep. And so he works not 40 hours a week. He works like 25 to 30. So he doesn't have to wake up on time. He doesn't have to be anywhere. He doesn't have to leave the house. He did comedy less. So he was really just in the house literally all the time playing video games. So it started off sounding like my dream. Yep. Yeah. And so dun, dun, dun. he didn't <laughs> pour glasses. He just drank from the bottle. Well, I don't want to do that dish either. Yeah, exactly. That's the alcohol brain yep. and the lazy man brain. Yep. And so it's like eating mac and cheese out of the, the, the pan. Like, yeah. I don't want dirty a bowl. Exactly. Just the wooden spoon I'll just keep eating. Eat yeah. like a slob over the trash Once I finish can. it, then I, you know, yeah. I don't have to put it in the fridge. Yeah, we're just done. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he was like buying a handle every other day. Oh, you two must be in this moment, too. Of like, when you're getting down, just start looking at your bank account. And be like, where did all this money come from? Well, and so he didn't even care. Like, he really didn't care because he was like, well, you know, it's the one thing that makes me happy. Oh, oh please, I'm the same way. With yeah. Sexually, but, like, when you stop drinking, that's a good thing. Yes. To and yeah. the other thing that helps people when they're newly sober is vanity. Everyone gets hot when they quit drinking. Well, yeah, he's lost a ton of weight yeah, already. Skin cleared up, I bet. I haven't, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's skin clears up. It always depends. But everyone's skin will clear up. Yeah, he was super puffy in the face. Now it's skinny. Away, yeah, it's and then like people start to care about themselves. They, yes, they, that's happened to me with even like, doing therapy. Like I just started to care about my clothing. And, yeah, like, I dyed my hair. I got haircuts. I never did. You just start to like change. Like you're both about to get a glow up. Yeah, and so he like he had been weaning slowly down. Um, but then when he went to the hospital, it was just his body saying, like, fuck you. We're done with this. Like, Did he just stop cold turkey? He didn't. No, he was, like, literally just weaning down, but yeah, he wasn't you eating. You can't wean you off alcohol by yourself. Well, I mean, he did. Well, I mean, did he? <laughs> he yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. so he 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 did. It's not safe. Don't ever do that by yourself. You can die. Don't recommend it. You can seize. You can die. You, um, you, yeah, you would. Or you, if, if you're lucky, like your husband, you end up in a hospital. Yeah, your liver needs that glucose after a while yeah. because it's used to dealing with it. Yeah, yep. only heroin and alcohol can kill you. Yep, Isn't and that crazy? yeah, it's it's bananas. Like cocaine's not addictive. Yeah, insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Physically addictive. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, so he uh, he got really sick. He went to the hospital. He was hypoglycemic, had ketoacidosis. On the way to the hospital, like he he said, something doesn't feel right. I think. I think I'm dying. And then I just felt his hand like slide off my lap. And I turned to him and I was like, Frank. And he didn't respond at all. And I was just pulling onto the highway. And I was like, he just fucking died in my car. Was this before you were at Butler? This was before Butler. Yeah. It was the weekend this whole before. Thing so much sense. Yeah. So, but like wow. this, I had already been out for mental health. And yeah. then this happened. And then plus a pandemic, plus, plus, a pandemic, plus like, yeah. uh, you know, I heard about someone close to me being the d- victim of domestic violence. Um, your relationship is going to get so much stronger. Panic attack Saturday, Frank in the hospital Sunday, and then the owners 
of the place I work sold the place on Monday. Butler on Tuesday. Butler, <laughs> Butler on Thursday. That could be yeah, your, that could be your next special. Yeah, Thursday. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Tinker Taro, her like one of my favorite specials is about her mom getting cancer. No, her getting cancer and her mom dying and breaking and up. C-diff. And C diff. And see, yeah, all yeah, that like yeah. a week, and then that's one of the best specials. Yeah, it, it's just, and that's what happens. It piles yeah. on, well, so. I'm super happy to hear your husband's still with us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, I am too. I almost lost my wife, and it really fucked. That's part yeah. of where I got my PTSD from, and then we'll fuck you up. Yeah. And um, good for him, and to talk about it. Yeah. Like, I was like, good for this. I know. I had mixed feelings about that, because, like, there is, like, there's an embarrassment for me as a wife, and, like, not, not because I'm not proud of him, but I don't want people to judge him. That's fair. And how funny from your previous marriage where you went from, like, someone who wanted a mommy wife to, like, the opposite now. You're yeah. Like, he, he doesn't need a mommy wife. And I'm just going to armchair your ex your relationship. Yeah. Uh, like, he doesn't need a mommy wife to the point he's like, I'm just going to go talk about all my vulnerable shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we're very... We're... I'm just going to guess you guys like each other. And you're like... Very much. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. It's disgusting. I, know. I get that with my wife, too. Yeah. And, like, and we fight and all that normal shit. Yeah. And, like, no, we actually love each other. Yeah, the first, like, four years of a relationship were a fucking disaster because he was just out of a marriage when I met him. Oh, my God. You two are so cute. Yeah. Just, just, we got to do all three of us one day. I wanna, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Let's do a marriage counseling <laughs> session. We'll bring Victoria. Yeah. Let's air out some dirty laundry. Yeah, double date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. Yep, that, that's going to happen. I, I, I don't even drink just by choice. I just don't yeah. like alcohol. I don't. I'm not sober. I just don't like alcohol. I'm yeah. Like cannabis people. So, like, yeah, we're totally, we're big dinner fans. I love beer. I just love beer. Oh, that's so funny. It tastes so bad to me. See, but that's, like, that's the thing. I've conditioned myself to, like, the taste of it. Yeah. And IPAs and hops. Like, yeah. I love, I love IPAs. I mean, it could just give you a big, I don't know what beer tastes like to me. Like, I can put some, like, dog shit in a cup and some it's, water. It's, I compare it to, like, green tea. When you have green tea for the first time, you might not like it. Yeah, yeah. But you get used to the flavor, and then yeah. eventually you crave and then it. And you won't have it for a while. You'll be like, this is terrible. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Or black tea or any tea, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hops is just a, so you're both you know. sober together? We're both sober together, yeah. That's a good support for each other. Yeah, I'm having a harder time than he is because I didn't almost die. Uh, well, you're having the harder time with Yeah, him? I am, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah, he's getting so, it's, it's such yeah. a bigger relief for him. Yeah, for him, yeah. he's like, oh, I almost died and now I'm not stupid all the time because he was really fucking yeah. dumb for a long well, time. You, just, you hit your rock bottom or he hit rock bottom and you stopped before you hit your rock bottom. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, so, but yeah. So I'm making a choice to do it. But I there's a there's a program called This Naked Mind which is really great. Um, it's free to use. Um, the it's a basically a support group where you can talk to people about your your uh, cutting down. And basically they don't say stop drinking immediately. There's no god aspect to it. But they say, like, here are the reasons why you shouldn't drink. Yeah. And they just kind of coach you along the way of, like, here yeah. are what you thought were the reasons you drank. But, like, really, none of those reasons are valid. And you're like, fuck. So fuck. Is, uh, <laughs> is Frank doing AA? No, he's just – he's – he has like a, he so he's not religious anymore. Yeah, it, if, he, yeah. if he doesn't know about um, smart recovery, it might be more per alley. But not he won't do it. Huh? He won't do it. That's he won't do. He won't like. He has his friends for sure. peer support. The day he was in the hospital, I called his dad, his uh, stepmom. I called. I, I'm sorry, Donna. I didn't call you. Uh, his mom. Uh, I called his two best friends, sure. and I was like, he needs support. Everyone needs to check on him. Good. We're done hiding yeah. this shit. This is fucked up. Yeah. That's what kills you is the culture of silence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not everyone needs AA or smart recovery. Like, it, yeah. Every, people get clean all different ways. Well, and his stepmom was like, and you're going into the hospital this week? I was like, yep. And she goes, you're quite the pair. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm the one he married. And, and that's <laughs> so true. Like when he's going through hell and you're also going through hell, like you don't have to have that like, oh, I feel so bad for my husband. He's got to put up with me. It's like, oh, he gets it. It's different. Yeah. But he gets it. Well, but, and, but then part of me was like upset because like everything was focused on his recovery. Me. Yeah. And like, and that's not fair to people because people didn't even realize what I was going through. People yeah. don't, people, again, people at work, except for my friends, don't have any clue what I'm going through right now. Yeah. And so like, like part of me, like his friends were all like, hey, you're sober. Great job. Blah, blah, blah. Um, good friend group. Yeah. It's a really good friend group. We, we play video games every Wednesday together. It's a bunch Aww. of comics. Uh, John Porch, Mike Holmes. On Twitch or Brian. For funsies? Uh, uh, no, just for funsies. Yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. We have a team. We play competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a fun, fun weekly cool. thing. But yeah. like, they were so proud of him, and I was just like, no one's saying that they're proud of me. I know it's weird. Alcohol recovery is so much more accepted nowadays than mental health recovery. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm doing both. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. I'm literally doubling up, which is such yeah. a fucking dumb idea. Um, yeah. but but I'll get through it. Yeah. And it's none of their faults. And I felt really bad afterwards because I was, like, trying to explain to them. I was like, look, I'm sorry if I'm quiet lately. It just felt, like, like a little abandoned. Yeah. And, and you know, you, like, what is um, all all thoughts? Have you ever hear that saying, don't believe everything you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It's uh, us internalizing yeah. with our anxiety. So it's like, it's okay that you had that terrible thought. Yep. And sometimes you don't have to believe it. Yeah. And the medications, honestly, have kicked my ass this week. I have been really down. Um, yeah. Well, two step forward, one step back. Exactly. Yeah, and I know they need to normalize in my system, and I need to see what happens. And it's yeah. a frustrating process, but yeah. like, I've been really tired this week, and yeah. I've I've been beating myself up because I'm tired, which is yeah. the really opposite weird. of what I'm supposed to do. Oh, you're supposed to do what you do, or at least do it. I promise you, everyone that you had to work with in my role or whatever will tell you one thing, and I go home. And, I literally sit all day telling people how they should live their life, and they go home and do the complete opposite. Yeah. And I tell everyone I work with, like, whenever I have to go into, like, a spiel about advice, and like, and then you got to come to my house and open my mail, make sure I eat dinner, and take my meds, yeah. and eat and sleep. So, like, don't beat yourself up. We're well, all, this is, like, we're the... All me- we're all a mess. Like, I told you about the article that I wrote for Motif yeah, last yeah. year. Did you look that up? You sent it to me. Yeah, it's literally, like... I read it. Forgot everything about it because no, I'm it's, dyslexic, but it's it fine. sounded great. Um, it was literally like all the advice that I should be following that I have completely forgotten to follow. No, no therapist takes your own advice. Yeah. You think I get eight hours of sleep and drink eight cups of water and eat a great breakfast yep. and like come to work? I'm like, I fucking barely. I was had insomnia last night. I barely got there. Oh, same. I ended up taking like yeah. drugs at five in the morning and then I woke up at 11 and I was groggy as hell. Like, I think around three I smoked a bowl. Yeah. I'm trying to wean off of uh, using cannabis for sleep. Yeah. And uh, I was like, fuck, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So I've been like, doing GABA for sleep, just a GABA? uh, gabapentin. Oh, yeah. Cut out the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, are you a meditator? So I'm working on it. That's one of the things I'm working on. It's so hard. It's really hard. It's so hard because I just fall asleep. You, yeah. But then I found that that's a response. That's a, that is a normal response. That's like a response system when your body gets overwhelmed. Yeah. Like if you're ever in a really intense therapy session, you're going to start yawning. Yep. It's because your body's like, I can't take it. Uh, I have like really bad bruxism and yawning lately. Mm-hmm. Because and it's just like your body's way of shutting down. Like you can't die. It doesn't want to kill itself. But like it's your brain just power. You're just powering down. Like it's too much. I can't take this. Hmm. And you get really tired. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh fuck, man! That's like everything that's happened in the last three days. Your body shut down. I just keep yawning You're and taking a fuck ton. 
when they say give yourself a break, give yourself a fucking break. Okay. And then come to my house and make sure I give myself a break. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure that I do everything I'm telling you that I'm not doing. Yeah, I know. And, and come into my brain and tell me to stop internalizing everything. I know. And this is the problem. I'm really good at helping other people, but then I, I don't do anything for myself. I know. God, like, I didn't have a bed frame for like two years <laughs> in my house. Yep. Because I just wouldn't spend $100 on a fucking bed frame. Yep. But then I would spend like $100 on a dinner or I'd go buy weed. Exactly. Or all these other things. Yep. And like just like weird don't deserve self-care fucking things I would do yeah. to myself. Or like I was like, I don't know. I gotta, I can't, I can't buy socks. I, whatever. It's just too much money. Yeah. Oh, $75 burrito? Sure. I, the plan- you only live once. The plants were the worst because like I was putting all of the money convincing myself that I was investing in plants for a company. But the plants that I'm buying are really for my private stock to have a collection. Yep. And then the dopamine responses as you buy them or as you open up the packages and Love you're like, and you're like, well, I don't really need to eat this week. Like, I can just eat rice and beans. They're really cheap. But I'll spend $300 on a fucking plant. What is wrong with me? <laughs> like, I know. It's so funny. Like, yeah. It's so funny. It's like, just buy a fucking bed frame. Yeah. Use a credit card. What is wrong with yep. you? It's like, I guess. I know. I bought a I bought a mini vacuum this week, like a Ooh. handheld. And I was like, it was $30 and I've needed this for five years. Like, yeah, yeah. Why? Money mindset's huge. That yeah. was a big thing. I had a problem with that too. Like, I have uh, my therapist giving me this great advice which I've been trying to do. He's like, money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys time. So, like, you take whatever you make in an hour. Yep. And if it's something you don't want to do and it costs less than what you make per hour, then you just pay someone to do it. Yep. And that works for everyone if you make $7 or a billion dollars an hour. Obviously, yeah. the more you make, the better. But, like, so for me, like, I hate grocery shopping. Yep. I spend the $7 on Peabody. Yep. I just, he's like, don't think of it as $7 delivery. Think, think of it as saving four hours or three hours. Yeah. And then you can go do anything you want. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, You Are a Badass, that book, they talk about that where it's like, if if there's something that can save you some time and that you can put it towards something else, do it. If you can afford it, do it. Because you're not going to buy a house because you didn't get Exactly. I kind of grew up with that like very cheap mindset. Like, you got to go drive, pick up the food. You got to do, like, just cut pennies everywhere. And and sometimes it's a necessity. I don't really, but like, sometimes it gets in your own way. You're like, you're torturing yourself over like $8. Yeah. I'm like, I I'm like, I've worked my ass off. I'm not rich, but I can afford a $7 delivery fee. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I, I just, I that's one of the things I'm worst at, finances. Are, I'm just fucking terrible at them. so hard. Yeah. That's why I need uh, someone to run the business side of Less yep. Media because I'm like, I, it, it, it will not be me. Yeah. <laughs> it will not be well because I'm too much of like, let's just overpay everyone and give our money away. No. Well, and yeah. And that's when I work 40 money. hours a week, it's great. But right now I'm not working 40 hours a week. So yeah. I'm like... Oh, I was not supposed to spend this money this entire time. Like, yeah, exactly. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a uh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, so, where are you performing? What's like your upcoming uh, show dates? Like, I think this will be out in like January or February. January. I think I am. Uh, so, I run a show at the Galactic Theater in Warren. I want to go there. I've never been. It's really it's it's an awesome they do the ice bar. Cream thing, right? Yeah. So they don't have ice cream anymore, but their grilled they're, cheese is like back to phenomenal. The, uh, like. I want to do live podcasts. Again, I'd have to, like, put work into setting that up, and i fall apart. But it feels like that would be a venue that would put on, like, live podcasting. Yeah, they. I mean, Dave, the, the owner, is really, really uh, great. He's done Chuck and Brad's. Um, so I'm doing Chuck and Brad's, but that will be in December. Oh, I'm going to go to that one. Are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I am. Is that not the one in uh, Jersey? They're doing... Nope, they're doing one on the 19th oh, yeah, of I December. Can... Yeah, I've gone to theirs. Like, I, I really love those guys because, like, like, me and we... 
we had there was like a, a Rylan Muffy article like around like twenty sixteen like right after the peak of Prime Town it was like five articles that aren't or five podcasts that aren't Prime Town yeah and uh, shout out Orrin Hannity for including me in that and that was the first That's time awesome. I found out there were other podcasters like so we both had making podcasts didn't know each other like, yeah didn't even know we existed so like I hit him up and so I'm like hey um you know we, we got to record together or something Chuck's like sure he invited me into his home to record we had never met we sat down we talked for like three hours. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool! So we've done a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, your together. energies would match really well. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, our, our fans laid over, and then like they would start inviting me out for like non-podcast. Like yeah, I, like Brad I went to Brad's birthday, or like I went to Chuck's goodbye dinner. Yep. Like it turned out like oh, it's like I'm not from here, so like it was nice. I got to meet all their hometown crew. I was like, yeah, it went from like a podcast acquaintances to like they kind of like oh, we're like friend friends. Yeah, they're like we were talking before. It's like instead of being jealous, it's so much better for you on a selfish level to befriend the people yeah. that are going to be successful. Yep. Instead of shoot, shitting on the guys, star rising up, befriend them. And I mean, God, that's what I think Chuck does best, yeah. right? He just latches himself onto way more successful people and yep. uh, not latches, working for that, working with them. I find like when I'm jealous of someone, I'll now write like, hey, good job. Congratulations. Like, yeah. I'll do that a lot more. And uh, sometimes I genuinely mean it. And sometimes I'm just trying to train my brain to accept and be happy yeah. for someone else. Like when Chuck got, um, started working with Kevin Smith, like, oh, yeah, that's it's okay to have, I think crazy. it's okay to have those like jealousy moments. Yeah. Of course I have that. Yeah. They don't, but then they have to like do the cognitive reframe, like, wait, hold on, hold on. I now know someone like who I, my friend now works for Kevin Smith. I know. Because I could go jealous and fuck you. That doesn't deserve it, which he does. Yeah. But now I'm like, I, I haven't, but like, there's, it's not an improbable leap to me that I might, I can meet or work or interview Kevin Smith one day. Yeah. It's like, I've met, I know a ton of people who know him now, like, I'm closer to his circle, but just like that, it's, so there's something nice about like celebrating people's successes. And that's like been largely for any podcasting success I had is yeah. just like being a cheerleader for everyone. Yeah. Do you know Ray Harrington? Not personally, but of him, I've always, like, oh, I got to get him on. And yeah. Oh, he's, he's just, he's lovely. He has a podcast as well. I forgot what yeah, it's called. Yeah, it just came but... out. Yeah, like, yeah. And he had Kyle Kinane. I'm like, I love Kyle Kinane. Yeah, he's a, Kyle, Kyle is a very nice person. He's um, he, yeah, he does comedy opening up for a metal band. I forgot which one, but. He did a tour of the Falcon, I remember. Yeah, it might have been that. They were at Firehouse 13, like, years ago. Yeah, I forgot. I got yeah. sick or something, because it was one of the guys from Alkaline Trios in it. Yeah, I met. blew my mind. I met Kyle that weekend, and he was just, oh, like, so cool. so cool. Oh, and before we wrap it, where are you performing? Oh, um. I'm going to be, yeah, at the Galactic Theater. Just follow uh, um, Kirsten Logan, comedic lady, on Facebook. But we're the first Saturday of every month, except for January, we'll be on the 8th. Um, and then aside from that, the bell in hand. I, I honestly haven't packed my schedule because I'm just, like, no, no, trying to deal with no, my shit right now. Home. I can't check out the Galactic. Yeah, I want to, like, start actually exploring the comedy scene now. Like, now that my daughter's old enough, I'm like, I get weekends again. I just actually won tickets from uh, Providence Monthly for... Uh, Kiz- Kismet. Oh, yeah. I haven't been yet, but I just won tickets for more than Friday night. That's shows. awesome. It's like, all right. I'm, I'm so stoked for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so so Ray Harrington is one of those guys where, like, um, so I used to run a open mic at the Wicked and Pub. That's where I took all my first dates, yeah. and so I was very familiar with the place. And uh, he was on Conan, and it was, like, you know, our local guy. It was our yeah, our yeah. guy. Um, yeah, so I was and Brad after he did. I was like, Conan's my guy. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Ray, like Ray, Ray is our person, right? Like yeah, he's yeah. from Rhode Island. He's one of the headliners yeah, he, here. Uh, Chuck and Brad had him on right after. Yeah. He's, he episode. is also going to be on the Christmas special with me. Um, oh, yeah. I'm our friend, Alan Moreau. I feel like I've seen him great. do stand up and I'm always like, yeah. I've it's seen, always yeah. good. It's yeah, always good. Guy. Um, but 
so uh, the Wicked and Pub that night, I was like, I sh- I basically shut down the place. I was like, hey, listen, this guy's local. He's going to be on TV. And it was like one of those beautiful like TV moments where everyone huddled around the TV in the corner Aww. and everyone watched him. And it was just like, it was so like, it just made me feel so good. Yeah, those are the people to keep around. And then the people uh, one step behind them are like, well, fuck, Ray, he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. He cut in line. Those are the people you don't, you got to cut out of your life. Yeah. But yeah, and that's, yeah, and so that's why I'm trying to be, I'm trying to just put my head down, do the work. Yeah, be a cheerleader and also just, like, accept when someone wants to be your cheerleader. It's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Right? Yeah. Well, I, it, I'm, it's, what a weird, awesome, cool story for the way we met. I'm, I'm, I really love it, to be quite yeah. honest. Like, I'm, right, I'm writing the narrative as we first meet, but it, it's just so funny. You're like, yeah, I, I met Butler. I'm like, I literally worked on the hall. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so random. Weird. Yeah. And then, like, and then, like, I, I, like, the wicked funny people have been on my radar forever too. Like, they all seem really nice, and I'm just always bad at like reaching out to people. And just well, I'm. I just, well, yeah, that's. I thought like I thought you were gonna reach out to them, and then when you asked me, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm not the best strategic booker, which I think I like to hope brings value to the podcast because it's like, I. I had Chris Gethard on not because of his fame. It's because I just chill. Like, I, everyone, not, I try, but everyone I have on, it's just like the way I think of it, it's like, this is the reward. Like, yeah. podcasting is a lot of work. You know, it's like the iceberg theory, right? You don't see all the hard stuff, but like, the, this is like, there's a BB King quote. I, uh, I get paid to travel. I, I play for free. Yeah. Like, so to me, this is the fun part. Yeah. And if like, if it's disingenuous, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Not against them. I just didn't know they were. But if I don't like feel a connection, if, I don't. I just. I have to want to attach my lightning rod to people. Yeah, yeah. So that's why if you look at like our guests, like they don't always make sense back to forth. It's like, oh, like comedian, punk rock guy, animator, like. But yeah. but you're being authentic. You're being authentic yeah, yeah. to yourself and what your interests yeah, are. But I was like, I don't. We just hit it off. I was like, yeah, we should do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the more strategic thing, like get the other podcasters on, which I obviously will at some point. But it was just like, in that moment, I was like, you seem cool, but you also responded too, so that. Yeah. I you know what? I probably even said the same thing to him and maybe he didn't respond. I don't remember. Well, no, I just I really like talking to people and I yeah. really like doing podcasts because I love to listen to yeah, you yeah. and your stories as much as yeah. you might want to listen to me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, God, I should. I know I've been trying to organize like a big podcast meetup, but that, that we'll talk about that off mic because there's more to that than I can say online. Yeah. Um, Oh, shit. It's almost two. Can you believe that? No, that was fast. Yeah. I, I, I thought we were going to get into the crying stuff. We didn't do that. No, I was not like crying today. <laughs> I don't have it in me. Me either. This is the first day I felt like a little energetic. Yeah, so. I, I'm such an extrovert, too. I pick up on people's energy, better or worse. But, like, sometimes I get a little too... I get, yeah. I, get, I do feel that good no matter how down I get. I, I'm such an extrovert. I really get, pick, I get a pick-me-up. Yeah. But sometimes to the fault where, like... I can't talk on the phone with someone after eight o'clock or else I won't sleep because I'll, that energy will be like, so yeah. like I was a guest on a podcast last night called uh, reels of justice, which was really fun. And like, it was, um, the format is like, like a court where they have to decide if a, a movie is guilty of uh, being a bad movie. Uh, so I had to defend twister. Okay. And then I had someone prosecute against me. I lost, but it was, it was all lied, but it was so much fun. I couldn't sleep because I, I love up. Twister. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Too. Yeah. Was, yeah. But like they, they were much better, but like my energy from it was just like, yeah, ah, like to the detriment. So like, I think sometimes that's why my podcast don't ever get to that sad point. Cause I'm always like, I am so happy to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So where can like, people find you online and all that good stuff? Um, I have uh Kirsten K I R S T E N Logan.com. 
uh, stole that before anyone really deserves a website (laughs) early on. Um, And Kirsten Logan Comedic Lady on Facebook. Um, Both of those places have all my dates and info. Oh, awesome. This was a ton of fun. Um, Thank you so much. And we should, like, do this again, like, in a year or or, like, six months or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) when I'm drinking again and in the gutter. Yeah. Yeah, when when you hit your low, we got to come back. Uh, Maybe we'll celebrate my one-year soberversary. I'm sure they told you this, but everyone who quits drinking and do drugs will relapse. It's a part of recovery. So when you do, no shame spiral. Just falling off the wagon. I know. I'm seeing Big J on uh, New Year's Eve, and I'm nervous because not drinking with him sounds terrible. Yeah. I want to drink with him, but we'll see what happens. If you ever fall off the wagon, just get back up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is so fun. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. Pass.